Are you good? I'm excited today. I'm, I'm excited to share some vision with you about where we're headed as a church over this next season. But um, one of the things that uh, is a piece of advice I was given a long time ago is that everybody's vision bucket leaks, right? When you, uh, especially as a church plant, we were born as a church about a year and a half ago-ish, Easter of 2016. And it's amazing when you start a church that God calls certain people into it. And when He calls people into that, and when He calls uh, His servants to go and start something new, there's a sense of desperation. There's a sense of, it's me, you... And four other people, <laughs> invite, <laughs> like bring some people, or this is going to be really weird, and because uh, we're just going to be hanging out, having a small group. But um, one of the things that over time, as, as Jesus builds his church, and he promised to do that, um, and the room begins to fill, and people begin to grow, and people begin to feel comfortable, your vision bucket leaks, your your sense of urgency leaks. And so a couple times a year, I get up here and I remind us why we do what we do. What is the reason we are here and not just at another church in the area? Because that's a question I get a lot when we plant churches is that, why? Why not just go to a different one? Statistics show and prove that when you plant more churches, the church grows faster. And the reason is because there's desperation. And there are uh, reasons that we chose to plant and uh, do all these things. So I, I want to go through that, but I'm particularly excited about a few things to share, but you're going to have to wait for those. I want to start with some preaching. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Listen to what Proverbs chapter 29. If you have a Bible, go to Proverbs chapter 29 just for a second. Uh, this isn't where we're going to camp, but I feel like God has put this here because we have to be reminded of it. Here, here's what Proverbs 29:18 says. It says, without revelation, people run wild. <laughs> Anybody in the room feel like they're running wild today? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Without revelation, without the Word of God, without God's vision for your life, you and I, look up at me, you and I run wild. It's just true. When we are left to our own devices, when we are left to our own thoughts, when we are left to our own heart, we run wild. Wild. Lift up your voice and say, I'm wild. I'm wild. Right? Some of you are like, that's right I am. I'm wild. You don't know about this. But listen to what Scripture says. But one who follows divine instruction will be happy. But one who follows divine instruction will be happy. The truth of the matter is today I'm not really sharing my vision with you. I'm going to remind you and call you and encourage you 
to be about the vision that God has put in place for His church that He said He would build from the beginning. It's not about Mitch. It's not about you. It's about Jesus and the part that we get to play under the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we're doing. But uh, for those of you old school in the room, I'm going to put the King James version of this book up here because... It's great. It's great. Listen to what listen to how the KJV translate this. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, people die. And there's a thousand ways we could talk about that, but in, in the reality of the organizational aspect of the church, when we lose the vision that God laid out for the church, this church will die. Even if you keep coming, even if you keep giving, if we lose the vision that God set out for the church, we'll die. And I don't know about you, but it'd be really scary to be a part of a church that was dead. That's not doing what God called the church to do. So what does that mean? It means that God set out to accomplish something and our happiness and our satisfaction hinges on us finding a purpose in His purpose. Does that make sense? Your happiness hinges on you finding your purpose in His purpose. And that's what we're doing today. So what is our vision at Redeemer City Church? To love God, to share good news, and to serve the city. And what I want to do real quick is just walk you through biblically where that comes from. And then I want to go through each of those three things and talk about what we're headed into as a church over the next few months and into the new year. And uh, tell you why I am so excited for what God's going to do through you. As the church. First, Luke chapter number 4, if you have a Bible. Luke chapter 4. This is the verse that our church was born on. And it's something that we will return to every year. uh, At least once. Maybe every time I get up to speak. You never know. We'll see what God does. But... This is an amazing text because what's happening here is Jesus is on the earth. You've heard the phrase, boots on the ground. Jesus is boots on the ground in the Middle East. And He's standing there in the flesh and He tells us why He came to the earth. If if you ever ask me, Pastor, what is God's will for my life? I'm going to take you to Luke chapter 4, and I said, if that was good enough for Jesus to come for, it's good enough for you to go for. Okay, because the Bible tells us that our great commission, the thing we're supposed to be about, is to go into all the world and make disciples. What does that look like? We don't look to anybody for the answer, but Jesus. Here's what he said in Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 16. The Bible says that he, Jesus, came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. As usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day. There's some wisdom right there for us. As usual, Jesus went to church. Amen? Amen? You're in church today, so you can say amen. 
All right. We'll see you next week. All right. (laughs) Hallelujah. As usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him and unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He then rolled up the scroll. This is, his, uh, this is ancient version of drop the mic. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. He began by saying to them, Today as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. Listen, because Jesus came to the earth and went to the cross, died on the cross, and three days later rose to life again, all of those things are possible. Every one of you sitting in this room are a result of one of those things. Because Jesus was anointed to preach good news to the poor. Anybody poor in the house? We all are. To preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set free the oppressed, that this is the year of the Lord's favor. That because Jesus came, we have life. And Jesus said it this way, I've come to give you life, but to give it to you abundantly. What does it mean to live an abundant life? All of our core values are present there. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. We love God because He first loved us. He's given you the Spirit of God. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It comes on you with power. To do what? To do those things that Jesus was about. You are where you are to do these things in your sphere of influence. If you were to take your life and draw a figurative circle around your world, that is where you are called to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And that's not mystical or weird or like you're going to get a million bucks if you surrender to Jesus and let me baptize you right now in the name of Jesus. Right? Like that's not what that's talking about. You might actually have less favor with the world when you bow the knee to Jesus. You might actually make less money. You might actually, you know, the repercussions could be immense. And around the world, they're even greater. So favor does not mean finances. Are you tracking with me? All right? So I'm not up here preaching just prosperity to you. Right? As Toby Mac says, the first thing to prosper should be inside of me. Right? So it's not necessarily your wallet. You don't know who that is. I'm sorry. I apologize. (laughs) Christian rapper. (laughs) So we love God because he first loved us. The spirit of the Lord is on me. If you are in Christ today, if he has John chapter six, the spirit has drawn you to himself. If if Jesus is Lord of your life, the Bible says if you confess Jesus as Lord, you will be saved. 
if that's you, if you've confessed Jesus as Lord, uh, the Spirit of the Lord is on you. The Bible's very clear that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. So this is your reality as well. And it was made possible because of the gospel, because of the good news that Jesus came and did for you what you could not do for yourself. And so we love God. And then what did he do with that anointing? He preached good news. We love God. The Spirit of the Lord is on us to do what? To share good news. That's why we do what we do. It's always for the bringing of good news. The Bible says it this way, how beautiful are the feet that bring good news. Whose feet are they? Somebody lift up your voice and say, mine. Mine. We preach good news. And then we serve the city. It says there in verse 19, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What does that look like? What, where, where is it that you get access into somebody's life to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor to them? In serving them. In serving them. Uh, look at Jeremiah 29, 7. I love this verse. Jeremiah 29, 7. Um, God has brought the people of Israel into exile. And they're literally in slavery. And Jeremiah is prophesying to them about why God has put them where he's put them. We talked last week about the fact that God always has a plan. And so here's the people of Israel ripped out of their homeland under King Nebuchadnezzar, who was not a great guy. And here's what God tells them to do in their situation, in their terrible circumstances. Here's what he says to do. Verse 7, pursue the well-being of the city I have deported you to. Pray to the Lord on its behalf. And now listen to this. For when, it, for when it thrives, you will thrive. For when it thrives, you will thrive. Why do we serve our city? Because when it thrives, we thrive. God has told us all through the New Testament as well to pray for our leaders, to pray for our country, to pray for those in authority over us. Why? Because when our country thrives, it thrives. But make no mistake about it, when your country does not believe the gospel, uh, we bow first to the Lord. Let's just be clear. But in that, let's pray for our city. Let's pursue the well-being of the city that God has put us in. God doesn't make mistakes. Some of you got to Tampa in some convoluted fashion and here you are. And I'm glad you're here. Join us in pursuing the well-being of this city. And we're going to do that in a lot of different ways over the fall and into the spring. And, uh, but it begins and ends with the purpose that God put us here for. We pursue the well-being of the city and we pray to the Lord on its behalf so that we can share good news and ultimately that our city would love God like we love God because he first loved us. And so regardless of what part of the theological train you get on and off at, which station of it you get on and off at, the Bible says that he's not willing that any should perish and whether that's the elect or whether that's every human being, um, I don't know and you don't know. 
And uh, here's the reality. We don't know who those people are. So God has sent us into all the world to preach the gospel and all the world to make disciples. And so let's focus in on why we do these things, why you come to church here, why you leave here and go to work where you go to work, and why we're going to do some of the things that we're going to do together uh, this year. Does that make sense? All right, because that's important. If, if we're not about the things that God has told us to be about, because we could go on and on and on. We, we could go through basically the whole New Testament and talk about why these three things are what we're supposed to be doing. I mean, Jesus told his disciples, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So if we're not, the uh, other side of that coin is if we're not fishing for men, we're not following, right? So that's why we do what we do. We love God. We share good news and we serve the city because that's what has been done for us. And that's why we do what we do. So let me walk you through all of that and give you some exciting updates and also give you some, uh, some more interesting tidbits. All right, sermon part finished. And now we're just going to move into church business, right? Uh, we don't do business meetings here, basically because I think they're boring. So... If you have questions about church business, uh, we're wide open. You can, you can come talk to me. Uh, nothing to hide for sure. So, um, love God. In our reality of why we do what we do, uh, let, me, let me walk you through what that means. Okay, because one of the things that happens as a church grows and as uh, a church ga- gains in age and things become normal is stuff just starts to get added and everybody is supposed to be at 5,000 things and it's easy for us to lose the vision of why we do what we do. And so what I want to do today is define for you what is, it, what is the win here? What am I as your pastor looking for you to do what what if i was to give you some expectations as to where and how and why you flow in the life of our church um i I want you to think about it this way i want you to gather big i want you to gather small and i want you to serve be a good neighbor see because if, if we program too much you won't go serve your city you won't go uh, be a good neighbor. You won't even know your neighbors. And so it's really important to me that you do the things that God actually told you to do, not just the things that I feel like I want you to do. Does that make sense? So God said in his word, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together, as is the habit of some in Hebrews. So being here on Sunday morning for us isn't optional. Like we gather as the church because God said gather as the church. That's why we're here because there's something about the building up of the church together, Peter tells us, as a holy place that changes people, that changes you. You need to see us, we need to see you. When you're crying, we want to cry. When you're celebrating, we want to celebrate. And we can't do that if you're not here. Fair enough? I mean, God made it real clear. Don't do that. (laughs) Anybody confused? Okay. 
I have to ask my kids that, you know, like, does that make sense? Repeat it back to me, all right? I think you're better than that, so I don't, I don't, you don't need to repeat it back. But what, what does that mean? That just means that we're worshiping Jesus and pursuing him together in the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what the Bible lays out. And so we also see in Acts this concept of them gathering small as well, that they were meeting in each other's homes daily. And I don't think that's prescriptive. I think that's descriptive, if that makes sense. So I don't think you have to come see me every day. All right? I want you to still like me every Sunday. All right? But what, what does that mean? That means that they were gathering big. It says they were in the temple, worshiping and devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. But then there were also times where they were gathering in their homes and breaking bread together. And here's what's amazing to me, is it says that by them gathering big and gathering small, the result of that was people were being added to the church daily. Acts chapter 2 tells us that there was something about the church being together and reaching into their community and serving their community and being there in the space that other people were that was enticing to them. And so just so you know, a little bit of my heart too is I recognize that um, theologically speaking that the church is saved people. And that when we gather, it's primarily for saved people. I'm totally with you. But don't ignore obvious things in the scripture where there was clearly in these gatherings people who did not know the Lord. So there, there's a trend right now in, in some church streams to say that um, this is not the place that you bring your unsaved friends. I don't agree with that. Because I don't think that's what we see in the Bible. We don't see the church bowing to the whims of those who do not know the Lord. So you're probably not going to come here and get a rap concert uh, with somebody you've never heard of or you know what, whatever, whatever weird thing churches are doing out there. You're probably not going to see that here. However, I will always encourage you to be a bringer, to invite people that don't know the Lord to come and be in this place because the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. And that when the word of God goes out, it never returns void. These are the things that can change the lives of people. Now, don't use that as an excuse either. You should be sharing Christ with people. You should on your own, in your world, be sharing the gospel with people. So, it's not an either or, it's a both and. Does that make sense? We're for both. We want you to share the gospel. Jesus made that incredibly clear. But we also want you to bring your friends that are exploring faith and the things of God here. Because we also believe that when they get around this group of people, I mean, I don't like, any, I don't like anybody as much as I like you guys. You're welcome. Because I think if I bring my friends here, they're going to love you as much as I love you. And that they're going to be like, man, like there's something about this place. Some of you are literally here right now because somebody in this room did that for you. Like they invited you to come be a part of this. Like you weren't even sure like where you were at with the Lord. Like I'm like, just look around the room. Like there's, there's a great handful of you that 
man, you're walking with Jesus now because somebody else in here was like, man, I want, I want you to be a part of what God's doing here. It's awesome. Baptizing three of you next week, it's going to be amazing. And that is, that's your story. Two of, three, all three of you, that's your story. And so, good, good things happen in this room. Things that please the Lord. And so we, we gather, we gather. So, so what does that mean at Redeemer City Church? It means I want you to come to church on Sunday. Because we get to. It's amazing. We, I love this place. And I want you in some sort of small group. Like that, that's not just a, a suggestion. I think it's so incredibly important for your spiritual growth. But here's what that doesn't mean. Go to every group we have. <laughs> So one of the things that you're going to see happen over the next few weeks is a streamlining of what we do. So we're going to just do what our core values say. All right. So to love God means to do the things that Scripture says. So the things, the patterns in Scripture we see are gathering big and gathering small. So what you're going to see here is no more like separate men's ministry, women's ministry, and all these different things happening. What you're going to see is city groups. So all of the women's Bible studies are city groups now. All of the men's studies, city groups. And so what, what I'm saying to you is if you go to the Saturday morning women's group, like that counts. <laughs> that counts. You're gathering small. There are people who are getting to know you and encouraging you in your faith and that counts. So like if you're super busy or you travel for work and you can get in on a Saturday morning study, but that's just the time you've got, like that counts. All right, now, Here's what I'm also not saying, that that's all you have to do. If you want to go to every group we can and you can like speed between houses like when it's all happening, like awesome. We would love to have you, all right? So you can do as much or as little as you want, but here, here's my heart for you as your pastor. God said to worship with his people. You need to worship with his people. And he also laid out a pattern in the New Testament that you would be known by people on a more intimate level. Because how could somebody um, confront you in your sin if they don't know you? How, how could somebody love you in your difficult times? Well, we see in James that, that the elders of the church are coming and praying over people and they're being healed. Well, how do we know about that? Because people know you. And when you're sick, somebody's got to tell me. Right? And so... As the church grows, and we believe it will because Jesus said he's going to build his church, as it grows, like it's going to be important for you to be known by people. The Bible says iron sharpens iron, and we could go on and on and on, and we don't have time for that, but the Bible lays out the pattern that you would gather big and gather small, and that's what we want for you. Um, and then the serve the city aspect, you're, you're going to get some opportunities through a lot of different areas at church here to serve your city. But I want you to hear me clearly that the most important part of you serving your city is that you would be a good neighbor. And I mean that in your neighborhood literally, but I also mean that where you go to work, on the base, or on wherever you are. Like, be a Christian. Be the light shining in the darkness. That, that's the most effective way that you can serve the city. It, through your city group, some of you have already been serving across the street. We want to do that. We want to corporately model that 
and uh, serve our neighbors at Salvation Army at Metropolitan Ministry. And so we're formalizing some of that. You're going to see those opportunities come. We're reaching out to uh, some places in Puerto Rico right now that we can be an active participant uh, in the rebuilding of the church in Puerto Rico. We're working towards that and moving in that direction. And so I'm I'm excited about some of those possibilities. We'll be sharing those in the future. Um, as we get more details. But um, there, there's a lot of things you can do. But you can do a lot of those in your world. And so we're going to gather big. We want to gather small. Then we want to go. Jesus' command for us was to go into all the world. And so uh, you're going to see a streamlining of the things that we do uh, at Redeemer City Church. We're not going to change a whole lot of what we go about, but we're going to change the language behind it and, and the expectations that go along with it, if that makes sense. So that we basically want to pursue Jesus together. That, that's, our, that's our biggest goal for you, that the Holy Spirit would invade your life and take over in power as you worship Jesus, pursue him and share him. Um, and I think that's the best picture we can get um, of that. Um, part of that coming up is going to be, we're going to kick off tomorrow morning uh, 21 days of prayer together as a church. And so I need I need a couple ushers here. I got some stuff to give you. Um, Pat, you want to come help me? And uh, who's some other guys here? So the sheet there is a sheet for every day. And then that is a little booklet that I'm going to teach through over the next few weeks. And uh, there's a couple ways that you can participate in this. All right, and I'm going to go over this when it gets to you. But every morning at 6 a.m., myself and one of the worship pastors, either Kevin or Ben, uh, are going to be here leading a time of worship and prayer. You're welcome to join us. The doors will be open. I think it's going to be great. So if you are free at that time and want to join us, we would love to have you. Even if not every time, if you could make it sometimes, we would love to have you. We'll be here. Uh, one of the other reasons that we're going to be here doing it here is we're going to broadcast it on Facebook and Instagram. So if you follow us on social media, you'll be able to uh, follow along live or at any other point in that day. So like if you work from like 4 a.m. to noon or whatever it is, um, you can still join us. They're going to be recorded and left on those places, uh, Instagram and Facebook. Now, Instagrams will disappear after 24 hours, but um, Facebooks will stay there. So uh, we want you to join us either way. Uh, if you can be here in person, wonderful. If not, totally fine. But we want you to join us online at some point because what we want to do is worship the Lord together. And uh, what what my heart is, is that prayer would become a pattern in your life. So that for 21 days, for three weeks in a row, every day, you would join with us and pray. And uh, you'll see on this sheet, there's a top section, an everyday prayer focus. Every day, these are things that you can be praying about. There, there are things that um, need to be constantly in the forefront of our thinking. What does it mean for the Bible to say, pray without ceasing? 
Some of you are like, man, how do I pray? I can't even make it through like five minutes of praying. If you look here, there's plenty to pray for. Um, and then down at the bottom, each day in our gathering, um, we'll pray about something specific. So you'll see there that day one is tomorrow. We'll pray for our church and those things that are listed there. Day two, we'll pray for the leaders of our, of our country. Day three, the passion. So you can go, you can go on down. Uh, one thing that might be a little confusing, you'll see day seven, Redeemer prayer service. That doesn't mean all of next week's service will be a prayer service. What that means is we'll have a portion of our service set aside for the 21 days of prayer, where we will pray together. Um, and the front of your booklet is titled "Pray First" because that is what we want. That's what we're seeking. That your first reaction to everything would be to pray. So that when you drop your kids off at school, you would pray first. So that when you go to work, you would pray first. So that when you come to church, you would pray first. So that when you get in an argument with your wife, you would pray first. Because that would change everything, right? Amen? And uh, so that's our heart behind that. Is that for three weeks, we would actively pursue the Lord together. And that we would ask Him to come into this place and to come into your heart and come into your world and that he would be ever present always. See, because we know theologically that God's omnipresent. But Isaiah says that we need to pray and he modeled for us to pray for him to manifest his presence. That we would be acknowledging it and that we would be living in it. And so that's what we're trying to do. So... Um, the other thing is that booklet, I'll teach through portions of that each day. So you're going to see in there that there are different kinds of prayer. There are different ways to pray. And uh, we're going to walk through that together over the three weeks. Um, in the back are some blank pages. There's a section at the very back for a, for a journal type thing. Um, that's just for you as God lays things on your heart for you to be writing there to keep them in one place. Um, there's a section of prayer targets. We'll go through all of that over the next few weeks. But here's the bottom line. We want to be a people of prayer. The Bible makes it clear that we have not because we ask not, that if we seek, we will find, and that the prayers of a righteous person have great power, that they're effective. And so we want to be a people of prayer. We want to be people that pray without ceasing, that our first reaction would be to pray. So all of those things matter in us loving God. And so there's going to be a little bit of a shift in those things. Uh, so that, that's under um, love God. Uh, let's talk a little bit about share good news and serve the city. I'll go through these a little bit faster uh, and we'll get you out of here. But um, share good news. Uh, Luke 14.23. Do we have that on the screen? Can we put that up? Luke 14.23. I love this verse. Do we have it? I don't even know if we have it. I think we have it. There it is. It says this, Then the master told the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and make them come in. Other translations say, Compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. It's a parable where God is reminding us that he desires his house to be full. Well, there's two houses that could be referred to there. The first one is what I've been referring to that Peter talks about is that this house would be built up together as a spiritual house. God wants his house to be full. That he being the chief cornerstone would be have a house built around him. 
And so that's what we want to do. We want this room to be full. We're going to pray for this room to be full. I want this church to grow. You should want this church to grow. And I get the question from time to time, how do you plan to grow the church? Well, like we might someday do a marketing campaign where we send out like mailers to the neighborhood. We might do that. Um, some of you live in the neighborhood and we're like, after like a year, we're like, oh, you're here. Like we could send you a note and then you'll know we're here. So we might do that. But that's not God's plan A for growing his church. You are God's plan A for growing his church and there isn't a plan B. It is our responsibility as the people of God to fulfill the great commission. When he told us to go into all the world and make disciples, that was for you and that was for me. And so we are together doing that. So the way that our church is going to grow is we're going to pray Ephesians chapter 3 for God to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. But make no mistake, he does it through you. He does it through me. That's our role. We're to share good news. So, so, so that's our serious plan for that. Um, out of that good news, though, I'm really excited that we're going to be partnering with um, our first international missionary, which is very exciting to me. There is a group in Ethiopia, and I have been there, so I've seen it in action, who has a process of rescuing street children. And I want you to go check them out on Facebook and stuff. It's called Make Your Mark Ethiopia. All right, Make Your Mark Ethiopia. What they do is they rescue street children. They bring them into their home. And as they're in their home, they start taking them to church, teaching them about Jesus. They have school right there in their home. And then as they grow in their ability to be in relationships, both with God and others, they go back and find these kids' families. It's amazing. They find their, their uh, biological families and they start a process of rehabilitating them to go back home. And uh, that's orphan care, by the way. The Bible says, like, what is pure and undefiled religion to take care of widows and orphans in their distress? There isn't a better picture out there of pure and undefiled religion. And uh, I'm excited about it because we have a chance to partner with them financially uh, but also to be a part of their ministry, uh, to go over there on some trips in the future and to be uh, hands-on with these folks. And uh, I'm really, really, really excited about it um, because God's excited about that stuff. And uh, so um, be praying for them. Um, it's going to be an amazing thing. And um, we we want to model tithing too. You know, we're, we're asking you to give, you know, in a... Uh, Malachi chapter 3, God reminds us that uh, if we're not careful, we, we will end up robbing God. And what do the people say back to him? They say, they say what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean, how am I robbing you? And he says, in your tithes and offerings. And uh, we don't want to be those people. Um, for any of you that give faithfully here, you know God blesses that stuff crazy. I mean, Camden and I give faithfully and sacrificially and... Uh, we wouldn't do it any other way because God's hands have been all over us. And uh, man, I want for you what God has done for me. It's awesome. And uh, I mean, just like I look around the room and so many of you are, are such faithful givers. And 
uh, you come and tell me the things that God's doing, like the way that he's blessing you. It's amazing. If you're not on board with that, get on that train. It's awesome. Um, I want you to know that we give, we give sacrificially because it's amazing. It's a privilege. And uh, as we start uh, working with this group from Ethiopia and expanding what we're able to do in Tampa, uh, we will. You know, you hear me say frequently, it takes money to do ministry. And so we need it. We need you to give faithfully, sacrificially to the work of the Lord. But uh, I also want you to know that, that we're into that too corporately. Like we are uh, actively seeking out somebody to aid in Puerto Rico. We're actively uh, moving into this new territory to help this group in Ethiopia. And uh, we eventually, as this church grows, we want to plant another church in Tampa somewhere. And so that's where we're headed. We're not just building a giant church. We want to keep spreading the church. And so uh, we're really excited about that, but all of that takes money. You know that. And, uh, but just know that uh, I'm, we're a part of that too. And uh, we're, we're giving. So really excited about that as we move forward. And then um, as far as serving the city, I just want you to, to know that um, that for us is really closely tied to sharing good news. That core value, it's local evangelism. It's, it's what we do here. Um, every aspect of that is aimed towards showing and sharing Christ. Um, so we're formalizing a partnership over here. And I just talked to Captain Andy, who was here a couple weeks ago, uh, thanking you guys for what you did over the hurricane. Uh, we just talked with, with him again this past week, and uh, he talked about really wanting us to have a part to play there. So we're talking through what that looks like, whether it be continuing to serve a meal once a month or um, possibly starting a city group for men and a city group for women on their property here. They own this building and this building. So uh, if you pray about that too, um, to be a good neighbor, we, we've got homeless friends that live right here and right here. And so we want to be actively engaged in uh, their lives and uh, drawing them towards Christ and just letting them know that we love them. Jesus said, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. And there's a lot of uh, applications to that. But for us corporately, we've got neighbors right here that need us. And so we want to be about that. And so we're working towards that. And then uh, one other really cool opportunity that we have had um, in the past is to serve uh, some refugee families in this area with our van. Well, slight problem. Our van died last week. And uh, so we need a van. We need a van. And uh, I'm looking around the room and wondering who of you is into getting us a van. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, so uh, if I just throw it out there. Anybody got a van that they want to buy? And uh, I don't know how God's going to provide a van, but he's going to provide a van. And so uh, Jake's been working on that. Pastor Jake's been working on that. And uh, we're working on that. And so we need it by next month. So if you guys would pray about that with us, and uh, if you feel inclined to give to that, uh, we will be too. And we want that. We just want that to happen. And Jake's got a place that'll put free graphics on it for us. So if you know a business who wants to help us out, uh, we will gladly put on the back back door provided by that business. I mean, we'll serve whoever needs to be served. Amen. And uh, but here's the deal. When, when I drove for that, uh, was that last Saturday, I think, um, and 15 little refugee kids got in that van. You, I'm sure you saw the picture on social media. 
But, uh, man, I was just like, man, this, this is cool. This is awesome. And uh, so what we want to do is we want to serve them uh, because we want them to see uh, Christians uh, loving people who aren't like them. Jesus modeled that for us, and, and we want to do that as well. And uh, I believe that God's big enough for them to see the graphic on the side of a church fan and put together that here's people that not only don't know me, but can't even talk to me, a lot of them. Now, they were singing some pretty awesome songs, and I plan to learn them. Uh, but, uh, man, it was awesome. So two things on that. We need a van, so pray with us about that. Um, but then also, if you're interested in being a driver for that, I mean, it's crazy. Like, we, I went to the one place and, like, knocked on the door, and they're like, she's like, who are you? I don't even know who you are. I'm like, I'm with this place. And she's like, like was like, all right. So I started walking away, and some kid came out of a different house and was like, we'll go. I was like, I don't know if that's okay, but great. Come on in. All right? I'm really not a creepy old guy in a dirty old van. And so it was, it was amazing. And then thankfully his mom came out, and I was like, whew. All right, please get in the van. Then I will, this will look a whole lot better. And uh, <laughs> thankfully Pastor Kevin was with me, and like it, was, it ended up not being weird at all. But uh, it was headed that direction. So uh, if you want to be involved in that, uh, they, need, they need more help and uh, people to be involved. And there's different stuff happening. Lauren's involved in that pretty heavily, so you can talk to her. And uh, man, God's just doing good stuff in our church. And I want you to be a part of it. We need you to give. We need you to serve. Uh, but, but here's the deal. Jesus said that his burden was light, that his yoke was easy. And so... If you're in a season where there's too much happening, uh, rest is a biblical thing. And uh, we want you to Sabbath well and to take a rest um, so that you get filled up to serve. And uh, man, it is awesome. It's, it's, it's a privilege. It's not, it's not a have to, it's a get to. You've heard me say that before. And uh, God's doing some amazing things here. We want you to tell your friends, bring them in. Uh, let's see people come to Christ. Uh, God's building his church. He promised he would. He said the gates of hell would not prevail against it. So I'm excited about the future. But uh, as we do it, uh, it all is out of the over overflow of prayer and pursuing God together. If we start doing that, um, God's going to bless that. So 21 days of prayer, uh, buying a van, <laughs> and uh, really just being who God has called us to be. Amen?